Hey guys, welcome to Random Bakwas. Uh, we're currently sitting in a restaurant called Master Kebab yeah. in in Sunshine in in Melbourne, and we're recording an episode with uh, Steve, um, and that's why we've called this episode "Who the Fuck is Steve?" So, Steve, who the fuck are you? <laughs> oh my God, I'm a guy who's traveling. I quit my job recently, um, sold everything I own. More or less. Donated some stuff. And uh, I'm traveling around the world visiting friends that I've made in previous travels. So it's pretty cool. I'm very lucky to have people like my friend Mac, who's sitting with us, uh, to pick me up at the airport when I randomly show up at a, you know, in a new country. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So obviously, Master Kebab is an Afghan restaurant. Um, yes. Have you had in your travels since you quit your job? Uh, Afghan food. I have not. All right. This is, is first. The first? first. Yeah, I'm awesome. stoked. I can't wait. We walked in. It smells amazing. I'm yeah. really hungry. So All right. Awesome. I'm we excited. just ordered. Um, and so I don't know if uh, if you guys can hear any of the sounds, but um, we're in a restaurant in Sunshine that wasn't much of a restaurant bef before. Sort of it, it expanded, and now where we are, we can just see that it's completely full of um, families and and couples, and obviously like a. Uh, we've got a sausage fest going on on our side of the table. Well, always. Yeah. It accompanies us everywhere <laughs> we go, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so what I was telling you before we decided to record all of this was this restaurant where you're sitting was there was no there was no family area or whatever gotcha. that area yeah. is. It was just this one section and the lighting was bad. It was just like tube lights up on the ceiling. <laughs> so like swinging pretty much. Bulbs. They had yeah. like a they had like a wash basin to right. wash your hands over there. Wow. And the tables weren't as good. But um in Melbourne, um, and people who are listening out there who live in Melbourne would, would know this, that a lot of the Afghan population lives is, is, fo is focused in the eastern suburbs, okay. which is the Dandenong area. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you want good Afghan food, you'd, you'd have to go there mm -hmm. um, to get... And there's a, there's a whole street full of them. So people like a lot of you know um, Afghans and Pakistanis sure. and whoever else really who wants to have Afghan food go, go there. But now this place has taken off because it's probably... The only, and the nuns have just come up, um, but it's probably the only um, Afghan restaurant here in the western suburbs. So yeah, that's awesome. So it's basically like the one. I it's mean, the one. Well, it's the one that's good. Okay. Well and so <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't know of any others, but Which this guy's doing something kicker. right because within within the past year that I've we've sort of discovered this place, and I don't know how long it's been open for, but. Um, this guy's now ex what looks like he, he, it looks like he's bought out the, the store next door, the shop next door, yeah. and he's expanded into the family section. Um, Steve, uh, yes. could you would you mind if I asked you to describe what's happening right now? What we what's all right? So we're <laughs> <laughs> the food just came out. It smells like I my I, I can't even handle it. It's amazing, <laughs> um, and it looks like we have some beef, chicken, uh, a little salad, and some naan, huge monster naan, which I'm pretty stoked on right now. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks amazing. I mean, I haven't eaten in about six and a half hours, so I'm ready to chow down, yeah. like ready to roll. All right, cool, guys. I think we're going to take a food break, um, and I'll put some music in here, <laughs> like food food music in here, and uh, we'll get back to you shortly. All right, Thanks, perfect. So welcome back, everyone. We're um, back in Makar's uh, newly christened 
Podcave, which is his garage. Uh, good one there, Wakar. Um, and obviously joining us is uh, Steve. But before Steve, we want to talk to Steve's friend, Mac. Um, so to give you a bit of background uh, about Mac, I've, <laughs> I've known Mac for about a, a month and a half, and we work together. And um, Mac is the reason we're doing this podcast pretty much because he introduced us to his friend, Steve, um, who just rocked up at, at our office one day and, you know, um, told us just enough to get it, get us excited about doing a podcast together. Um, so Mac, I mean, what do you, what do you, um, can you talk about yourself and how you know Steve and, and, and I, I, I know there's a bit of, bit of history between the two of you. Uh, it sounds very suspect that there's a little bit of history between us two. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> so yeah. which is why I want you to elaborate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, so I obviously met you through work, um, and work is very banal, so we're not going to talk about that. Yeah. But, um, no, it was a, it was a interesting story. So back in um, 2006, it would have been, uh, was when I started uni. Um, I was really into music, but it was a... Oh, Kamran's here. Hello, Kamran. How's it going, dude? <laughs> Cameron, we missed you at dinner. Uh, we got started before you came. We we don't have a seat for you, Cameron. So you're gonna have to s you're gonna have to s you have to sit in my lap, right here. Um, should we start again? <laughs> <laughs> no, keep going, man. Keep going. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I think it's a conversational feel. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right so um, from the top. Um, so yeah, back in 2006, uh, I was really into music. I mean, into, into like just obscure music pretty much for all of like high school. But a lot of it was, I never had like older siblings or anything who kind of got me into this kind of stuff. Um, it was just more, more or less a lot of self-discovery and, you know, just this pure curios curiosity, I guess. So I was into like some relatively obscure music. Then, um, once the internet sort of took off, like it's like it never exists, but yeah, it was long long enough ago that the internet was still relatively new. Right. Um, and once it started taking off, and it's like more sort of um, smaller communities were forming in terms of like you know the, the these sorts of niche esoteric styles of music that people listen to. Um, got on a couple of forums. Uh, and actually, the kind of music that we listen to, just to give people a sense of context, is um, we're, we're it's a lot of instrumental, experimental sound art, that sort of thing. Right. Sound art, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So just like a lot of sort of obscure, and we can name drop, but it's it's the music so arbitrary. I think it's more interesting how I actually met Steve. So um, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, so um, I jumped onto a forum. What forum was it? It was a forum called After the Post Rock. So yeah, the the style of music is called post rock, and um, there was a forum that started. I think it was headed by a couple of guys in the UK called After the Post Rock, and they announced uh they announced like there are a couple of dudes on there who were pretty uh high profile if you want to call them that within the scene in terms of just their involvement in it and they were starting a project called um the silent ballet which um soon became like a, the site that i that i wrote for so i emailed the dude who ran at the time uh i got a writing gig there and then you know just pumped reviews out you know with all this shitty obscure music that nobody listens to but anyway uh no offense steve sorry <laughs> but <laughs> you're, um you're yeah, part so, of the problem yeah so that was 2006 2007 um so i really got into that made a ton of really great friends on there but like it was all obviously um long distance relationships yeah um and then in 2008 um that was through about third year uni uh one of my friends from norway who um 
did my course in the first year but decided to go back is because he thought Melbourne was such a ripoff and this guy's coming from a guy from Norway like yeah. this is <laughs> a big statement <laughs> hey, um, hey don't hate yeah uh, yeah I, I just I'd never actually been overseas other than Vietnam I've been back to Vietnam about a dozen times but no <laughs> <laughs> yes, Mac is Vietnamese yeah. um, all those oh yeah I, I probably see. probably should mention that uh, <laughs> I'm, I, I am, I'm, I'm a white person who has a real fetish for Vietnam I just yeah. love Vietnam no 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 <laughs> <laughs> With a name like with a name like Nguyen, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Um, so Mac Nguyen. Yeah, but uh, no, no. So um, been back to visit family a lot in um, Vietnam, but uh, other than that, haven't really been anywhere. I think I stopped in Singapore once. That wasn't very exciting. So I was just like, oh fuck it, I, I'm still pretty young. I think I was j- just on the brink of turning 21 at the time. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, actually do my first overseas trip. So I di- initially it was just for Norway, and then I went to the travel agent. They're like, yeah, to fly to Norway, it's gonna be like like 3,000 bucks, something ridiculous. And I was just like, oh, shit. He's like, yeah, well, you might as well just make a round-the-world trip out of it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've got friends in the U.S. and stuff. And she sort of, like, built this itinerary for me. And it actually ended up being cheaper. And she said, you can actually fit Norway in there. So um, initially, it was meant to be New York. And she said, to get to New York, you have to stop in L.A. And I didn't know anyone in L.A. And I, I knew a lot of the bands that we'd covered before and bands that I listened to, including Steve's band called um, Beware of Safety. Like, um, uh, Yeah, I knew they were based out in L.A. But for me... Just this humble, you know, skinny kid from, you know, Melbourne. Uh, it, for me, like, these were still bands. That I'm still a fan at the end of the day. I'm yeah. not, like, I'm not, like, yeah. a musician. I'm still yeah. a fan at the end of the day. So even though these guys aren't um, pop, super popular or, you know, mainstream, uh, for me, it was just, like, it, they still just felt kind of, um, it, is, you know, it just felt a little bit surreal to, to even think about reaching out to them. As yeah. I was, I, I was only going to meet people that I already knew and had a correspondence with. So um, my editor, uh, Jordan, he basically said, um, yeah, dude, the um, Borough of Safety guys are out in LA. And I, I already knew that. And he was like, yeah, just reach out to this dude named Steve. He's like the guitarist. So cool. And he already knew Jordan cause from, from music. So uh, yeah, so I just flicked him a message on Facebook and he was kind enough to respond. He was like, oh yeah, totally, man. You can come and stay with us and whatever, man. So cool, I man. ended up extending my time. And they made a movie about your life. What is what, where that where that journal goes and follows a rock band, lives with a rock band, has all these experiences? Almost famous. Yeah, maybe that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not 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 quite. I, 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 he didn't get me. He didn't get me laid that much. Yeah, so yeah. unfortunately, uh, that that's chapter two. Right, anyway, sure. um, uh, no. So so I decided to extend. I, I was just stoked for one. I was just like first time actually being in the United States, being outside of a place that wasn't Vietnam. Um, <laughs> I always make that reference to Vietnam, but um, and <laughs> I, I just remember it's still like even just remember landing in Los Angeles, and um, I've told Steve this before. This is gonna sound really bizarre, but um, my whole life, I mean, we're all so heavily influenced by American culture, you know, watching on TV, films, etc. And I just realized when I landed in America that I've never actually seen an African American person in real life. And when I saw them at the airport, I was like, holy shit! Like this yeah. is <laughs> this is <laughs> and, and I'm making it seem like no, but it's kind of like landing. If you could go to India for the first time, yeah, you of actually, course, you see it. In like I mean, they're not as exotic as some yeah. African Americans in yeah. Australia, at least. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah, I I I landed in Spain and I saw kids playing football and talking to each other in yeah. Spanish, and that was my yeah. moment. Similar so, to no, just you know, local kids <laughs> talking in Spanish. Um, so just just a, f- a fast track the story, basically. Yeah, so I landed, uh, got a cab to Steve's house. Um, he let me out, met him for the first time. Still very surreal. And then we just had this awesome conversation. I was tired as fuck. I hadn't slept, and you know, because by the time I 
like when I got on the plane, it was morning. By the right. time I landed, I should have been going to bed. Yeah. Um, but it was morning again. Sure. So I was like, because I was pretty tired, but then just the adrenaline, yeah, kept me going. So we had, he made me a quesadilla. I remember you made me a quesadilla with American cheese. Yeah. Of course. Is that like, Jack what cheese? Is, I was no, like, what is American cheese? Right. He, uh, uh, what is American cheese? It's the yellow well, cheese. I distinctly right. remember. I, 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 because I had to ask you what, because it, it was delicious. So I was just like, what, what sort of cheese is that? He's like, uh, I think this is actually called American cheese. <laughs> so I asked someone else, and because I was trying to make it at home, and I was like, what's the closest thing to American cheese? And um, at Masters, he actually told me, uh, probably cheddar, but yeah, American cheese is rubbish. Is what he said. Um, anyway, like so, uh, yeah, we had really nice chat, and I just felt. Uh, connection immediately and then yeah we just he just showed me around then through him i met his bandmates and there's another band that they're really tight with he's actually wearing the shirt of theirs right now actually they're called signal hill which is another band based out in la who happened to be really good friends with these guys but are also another group of guys who um i was really really fond of their music got to know them um and that was so that was 2008 2010 i planned an even longer trip so i actually took a semester off and again hit up the same stops saw um, Malta again um, and then just kept accumulating friends along the way um, and then 2012 did I actually moved so to speak to to America for about six or seven months after I graduated same deal that was it was actually for a girl as well but I'm that's a whole nother All story right, that's episode <laughs> number nine maybe. That's um, but yeah and again same deal always, I was always doing LA first always flying into LA and Steve actually picked me up that time and we had breakfast and it was awesome. I ordered Denver omelet. It was like seven in the morning. I told him, if you pick me up from the airport, I'll buy you breakfast. And I did. Um, uh, yeah, so that was, yeah. So I've just been catching up with Steve. And then 2013, he came to visit Melbourne because he has a couple of good friends from Melbourne from another life as well. Um, and then now we're here. So this is fifth time with Steve. There you go. Boom. All right. Uh, well, that, that's the story in a nutshell. Yeah. So welcome back, Steve. How's uh <laughs> While we passed that was that was the biggest nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how big is that nut? Um, I know, I'm could, just kidding. You could tell how. No, it's great because that's, I've heard the story so much, but it's still awesome to hear because being able to create a relationship through music, I mean, directly from music, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. And a lot of the relationships I have that I made throughout the world um, and in my life, directly some from music and indirectly from music. Yeah. And completely unforced. Like it's completely because, because you want to be friends. Yeah. Cause you want to, <laughs> you see, you have something in common and strong enough for someone to come across the, yeah. You know, fly across S the globe. I flew in a couple weeks ago at my flight was at landed at fucking 3 a.m. Yeah. And Max was like, no, it's cool. I'll pick you up. And yeah. I'm like, um, okay. Yeah. Like amazing. That's the, yeah, it's awesome. So welcome back. Thanks. Welcome to Melbourne. Yeah. Um, thanks man. I know you just had your first Afghan cuisine oh experience. It was so good. Talk to me about it. I uh, know how I, good it is, like, but I don't I think, think I can put it into words because I'm nah. Old. Well, <laughs> you know when it's yours, yeah. or close <laughs> you, enough to you yours, you, you share the border. Yeah. Uh, you know, for me, like it's just being able to have. Like we walked in there, I was really hungry, so the smells were just beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I like when people order for me. You know right. what I mean? Like if I'm in a place where people know the deal, yeah. order for me. That's yeah. cool. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, I'll take it. Yeah. And so what you ordered for us was fantastic. It was chicken, beef, and what was the other I, one? It may have been lamb. It may have been lamb. Or it may have been American cheese. <laughs> you know, it was probably American cheese <laughs> now that it is the <laughs> yeah, real thing. I don't know what that is. Yeah. It was just phenomenal. I mean, the meat was so tender and beautiful and just wonderful. And I love the little white sauce. Yeah. Which, which is, I've, that's not the first time I've said that out loud before. <laughs> Wherever you, <laughs> things you've overheard. Yeah. Yeah. It was, but it was fantastic. I really enjoyed it a lot. So thank you for that. It's Dude, huge. pleasure. Yeah. I'm so, 
uh, I think more than anything, the reason why I ordered for you because I just wanted to get right into it. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm not gonna wait around for these guys to pick and choose. Yeah. Well, what is this? I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, sweet. Well, dude, thank you. I'm really glad yeah. we got to do that, and thank you for taking out the time. It's, of course. It's a Friday night, and um, yeah. So uh, very good. So, um, without further ado, who the fuck is Steve? <laughs> uh, man, it's like, what a story. You know, I mean, how do you tell a story of your life? You can't, right? So, um, I mean, a couple things that I. I reasons i'm traveling right i mean maybe that's the first thing i mentioned it before in the our intro you know i quit my job and sold all my stuff in january i left my job january 4th and i had been working at a job for 11 and a half years in finance it was a wonderful job just not for me you know i needed to change and so i i packed everything sold it hit the road and i'm jumping around to different parts of the world visiting friends that i made before some places i'm obviously gonna meet new people like you guys i mean we made a joke in the beginning, like what happens when a white guy, an Asian guy, walk into a gara- garage with three and now four Pakistani guys. <laughs> who the fuck knows? Yeah, who knows? Has this ever happened Will in they ever the make it of time? Out? Will they ever escape? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, it's one of these things where I just, we all go through these things. You know, you got to change. Something needs to change. Something's got to give. And uh, for me, I go in these like long phases and I was in LA 12 years and I was in a band and I do that and yada yada. I mean, those are all like whatever stories, but being able to say, I know that my life is great, but I need to change anyway. It's terrifying. It's scary. Yeah. That was going to be my next question. It's, you know, like leaving everything, you know, you know, I mean, I went to LA like similar that I'm doing now. Like I, I left Massachusetts. I grew up in Massachusetts, 23 years there. And I was a friend, my best friend and I were like, you know, let's, go somewhere we both had friends in LA so we cruised out to LA and it was the same thing you got to build a life and 12 years later now I'm doing it again at 36 years old you know right so I mean how does someone who is part of a band right um and in LA Mm -hmm. where where that culture is so prevalent Mm -hmm. and you know that's encouraged and exploring your you know your creative side is the norm how does that guy end up in a desk job working in finance is my first question. Yeah. And my next question is how, how scary is it for you to be set in that sort of, you know, now that you've made a choice, you're working at a desk job, you're managing things and you're answering questions and you're, you know, corresponding with clients. How do you then decide that this is not for me? And how scary Mm. is that for you to do? I can answer the last one. Wicked scary. Right. (laughs) It's, it's, uh, you know, in the beginning, like, how do you end up in a job that, you know, how do you end up in a job? Fear. You know what I mean? I'm afraid that I can't make the bills. Or I can't pay my bills. I can't do what I want to do because I grew up a certain way where it was, you got to pay the bills. That's, that's your living life. You live life to pay bills. That's what it felt like. You know, right. you don't, you don't have um, the option to do what you want. You have to make ends meet. You got to be responsible. You have to have a job. You know, and I grew up in Massachusetts where like creative jobs weren't a thing. It wasn't like, oh, if you're a musician, maybe you could work on film or maybe you could score stuff or you could, I don't know, a million jobs out there that you can do as a musician. But I didn't know any of that because I grew up in a house where it was you got to get a job. Mm. Who cares? And make money so that you will never be um, you'll never like have less than you need. Do you know what I mean? And I think it it comes from generations. My parents were both born um, shortly after the second world war started so they're in their 70s now you know and that's their generation it was you have to make as much money as possible not as much it wasn't about making a lot of money but it was about making sure you have a safety net 
Right. Not being afraid of what could happen. Right. Like, what if I don't have enough money? Even when you don't know what, what's going right. to happen. Yeah. You know, so, and uh, that just to when I got to LA, it was like, I got a good job. I got a good job. Even though I was a musician, I had, I was an acting major in college, which I had, I had given up, but still I could have pursued acting. I could have done music, mm. but I didn't, neither of those things because I needed a job. You have to have a job, steady income. That's all that matters. Did you ever think you were going to make anything of yourself as a musician? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we did make something of ourselves, mm. you know, which is the best part is success is relative. You yes. know, we talked, uh, well, I think when the, when the mics were off before, but like, well, how do you define success? It's like, why do you do it? You know, right. and I always did it for what I believe is the right reason, which is because I have to do it. Yeah. I have to be a musician. I hear things in my head and they have to come out. If they don't, I'll probably go crazy or, you know, I don't know. But I love sharing music. Yep. Uh, I love talking to people. I love meeting yep. people. Um, and music has been a huge opportunity for me to do that. Yeah. Cool. You know, so fear sort of kept me at that job for a long time. And I three there's three distinct periods in my career there that I was like, I'm good. I'm done. I'm started looking for other jobs or like looking for other opportunities. And then it just petered out because maybe they gave me a little more money or yeah. maybe the like, things just got a little easier. And what happened is like they lull you. They they the, like quote, quote, unquote, yeah. they, you know, whatever. Yeah. You get lulled into a sense of comfort. Yeah. Oh, well, but I keep getting paid. Mm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, I have really great health insurance. In, yeah. Oh, that's cool. People are pretty nice. Yeah. I just that's have to cool. work around these few things. Yeah. And I'll still get paid. And so the longer you stay in something that's like comfort, you know, then you, the more you resist leaving it. And 11 and a half years is a long time. I mean, who do you guys, do you guys know anyone nowadays who's worked at a place 11 and a half years that's they under, give you watches under 40? Yeah, you <laughs> yeah I mean? under like 50. They start rewarding you for your Seriously, I got, a, I got a set of knives in my fifth year. It was pretty sweet. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> what you do with that is your choice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'd probably throw them in the yeah. wall. But, <laughs> yeah. but finally, 11 and a half years, I was like, okay. And I've been in LA 12 years. And LA is a wonderful place. I fucking love LA. I love the States. It's my home. Always will be. But I just ran into issues. I, you know, I'm mid-30s. Dating has been a fucking pain in the ass. Like, yeah. it's just annoying. Yeah. And I haven't been able to meet a woman that has connected, mm. right? We haven't been on the same page. It's right. not all their fault. It's my fault, too. Right. Fucking sure. Yeah. No one's perfect. Yeah. But that was also part of it. You know, like, maybe she's not here. Mm. You know, right. maybe we're right. not here. So love? Love. Maybe, maybe Steve maybe. is looking for love. I'm definitely looking for love. Yeah. In all the wrong places, apparently, yeah. as the song goes. Um, <laughs> you're surra- so this is this is where this is the culmination of your <laughs> adventure, yeah. where you're in a garage in a, with six uh, other guys, right? Yeah. Which now yeah. you know where the ladies at, brah. Yeah, I mean, this yeah. is here, here's a sign. Yeah, oh <laughs> this man. is what life this is. is, is t- what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> <The> six, <laughs> six ethnic guys <laughs> on a Friday night. Oh yeah. man. So, you know, that's part of it. I mean, like, I just needed to get out of L.A. Like, things just sure. were, things were great, but they weren't right. You know what I mean? And like, Yeah, I totally, I totally yeah. know. I th- Yeah, but I wonder in the U.S. more than anything, and I still want to riff off that, you know, I want to I continue talking about uh, expressing yourself creatively. Mm, of course, yeah. And the avenues that exist mm. and also the doors that are shut. Mm. I feel like in the U.S. more than anywhere else in the world, um, for people to take that first step, and y- correct me wherever, you know, but sure. I think that for people to take that first step and say, hey, you know what? This is what I'm going to pursue mm-hmm. and I'm going to try and make my s- something big out of it mm-hmm. because I love, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a lot of love and that's a lot of courage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
and and then you're competing with the world right true. because everyone it's not just americans who want to make yeah. it big in the u.s everyone wants to make it big in the u.s yeah absolutely you know? yeah people who are you know so there are celebrities in australia that aren't nothing until they until they make it big in the u.s and then they don't yeah. come back you know yep. what i mean yeah. like yeah. <laughs> you know Hugh jackman melgic right mel, mel gibson, gibson. All those guys, right yeah. Yeah. um fucking whoever owns news uh <laughs> right <laughs> that yeah guy. totally um yeah well he who shall not be named yeah, Vol- Lord Voldemort. Um, but uh, is he real? Murdoch. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So, what I want to know is, is, is that's got to be a big step for you to s- for you to say, hey, you know what? I'm gonna start sending my resumes out there, and they've got to be the correct font, and they've got to mm-hmm. be one page or two page, and I've got to put references and beg people to say nice things about myself. Myself, <laughs> you know what I mean? For, that's got to be taking a toll on you on your passion a little bit where you're saying i can't just walk into a garage and start jamming you know yeah I mean? right this, i gotta wear a shirt now for example. right yeah yeah in finance more than anything where you gotta suit up when for you're sure. so how did that impact your sort of creative it, did, did you have to give up things no you know what's funny is i actually pursued them harder you know it was because when i got the job like i had gotten the job right about the time we were starting the band and the band that mac had referenced before was uh, Beware of Safety. That's the name of the band that I've, right. I've been playing in for the past 10 years. Great. I love those guys. They're my brothers. They're fantastic. But we started the band around the same time I started work, you know, full time. So it was like, I actually was probably, I got to say, like, if anybody ever has questions about, like, how do you, I was the poster boy for work-life balance because okay. I was able to go to work every day, seven to four, like that was my seven to four out the door and then go home and work on music and practice play shows do the whole thing and really we ran it was a business i mean a lot of people think being in a band's like super fun and like yeah we just rock out like that's not that easy yeah writing songs is really hard yeah writing songs with five where there are five of you and you're all songwriters mm. it's harder yeah and then you have to deal with the fact that no one really gives a shit about you yeah you know in the in the in the scheme of things and yeah. then you have to book shows and then yep. you have to play those shows you have to promote those shows yep. you have to do the artwork you got to do the whole thing get paid what you were promised yeah yeah which never happens yep. i mean they don't promise you anything in the states yep. they're like hey what have you done for me lately yeah. like yeah. how much are you bringing me right so it's it's two full-time jobs plus friends plus relationships if you know on and off that i had and um so I did a great job. I was I was very proud of the the steps I took to be responsible at my job and be responsible in the rehearsal space to the band because I was able to do both. And I thought I did a pretty good job at juggling them. And it wasn't really juggling. It was just two careers that were happening simultaneously. Okay. You know? So the job's ended. Job's um, over. Job's over. Is the band over? No, we uh, no, we're not over. We decided because I I was leaving. Like the guys were all on board. Like they understood why I was going, and they were they supported me. But we decided, you know, we've been ten years a band, and it's been awesome. We've said a lot. Put out five uh, releases, vinyl, CDs. We toured the states twice. We toured Europe. Great success as far as a small little instrumental band from LA is concerned. Yeah, sure. Um, but we decided, you know what? Like, let's just take a break. If we're all in the same city in the future, we'll do it, mm-hmm. you know? Maybe. Yeah. It just kind of depends. But we didn't, we're not breaking up because we all care about each other and we all yeah. still have stuff to say to each other sure. musically. Yeah. Uh, who knows when that's going to happen again? But we're not going to. We're not going to close the door. That's interesting about band members wanting to say s- things to each other musically. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, definitely. <coughs> so what's a breaking point for you uh, when you're at your keyboard? What, what you, you mentioned, you know, uh, having no sort of direction in your love life, for example. 
and then you wanting to y- y- that constant feeling of you wanting to you know you you wondering that there's m- there's got to be more out there yeah what what is the tipping point of like when i actually go berserk you mean yeah <laughs> yeah when you go wolverine <laughs> yeah on, on your life yeah as far as love goes, I mean, I've had uh, relationships. Uh, I've had a lot of unsuccess. 100% of my relationships have been unsuccessful, obviously. I'm single. I think really in, in life, you only have one that is successful, hopefully. Yeah, yeah <laughs> <You know>? sure. <laughs> For those who are married, like yeah. hopefully. Um, yeah. uh, I don't know. I, I You know, I've gone through so much loneliness and so much heartache pining for a woman who doesn't exist, question mark, or... I don't know, question mark, <laughs> you know, and, and it's, it's just like, it, it's been eating me up on and off for years because all my friends were getting married and coupling off having babies. And then there's me like, Ooh, you know, always the best man, never the groom kind of thing. Right. You know, and it gets old, it gets real fucking old, hmm. you know, and being the third wheel, fifth wheel, seventh wheel, et cetera, all the time. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. That's interesting. I mean, I, I can't help, I, I can't help think, but yeah. And so I'm going to, talk you know bring religion and culture into this for example and my perspective is Mm -hmm. like you know i come from pakistan where Mm -hmm. um dating sure it happens but um and 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 we were talking about this before about you know um discussing sex for example or discussing um real relationship issues isn't as commonplace and it's one of those things that that those topics that aren't really discussed openly in media you know um and so even dating is, you know, uh, it, it happens now, but people have, it's no, like, you know, you can't, you don't tell your workmates, hey, I'm going on a date. You just do it. And then, you know, it's between you and the person you're seeing, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they never really call it dating. It's, you know, and, and they, I feel like a lot of them have the same issues. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people from that region have the same issues where they're, they're yearning for this ideal person that doesn't exist. And it's, it's funny how that also exists in a society for you. Um, where you know you're you're open to explore all all avenues of your sexuality, your emotional, you know, connections or whatever. You're, you're that's open, that's on the table. So uh, isn't that interesting? That I, I find it fascinating, but I also totally, of course, of course, it is because we're all the same. You know, we're all made from the same stuff. Right. So culturally, of course, everybody wants love. Everyone deserves love, I think. And uh, when you look for it, it's hard. You know, it's not easy. I, I don't think. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. for me. I, I don't know if it was for everybody else, but like you're a married guy, yeah. so you know, for you finding your wife, was it a process? Was it dramatic? Was it difficult? Did you pine? Did you yearn? Were you lonely? You know, do you go through those same things? Yeah, I imagine you did at some point in your yeah, life. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, there was a, there was a stage in my life where I was thinking, hey, you know, if I'm going to commit to something or someone, yeah, um, what are those things? I and you, to be honest, I I I, I came to the conclusion and I accepted that I don't know what it is I'm looking for exactly. And the more I hang on for me personally, the more I hung on to the, I- to an idea, the more I was going to get disappointed. Absolutely. Because if I, you know, if, if you don't, you have, you don't make the box, right. you know, you, you, you have something, you, you know, if you have, if you want to fit something into a mold, you don't set start out with a mold. Absolutely. You know, so because it's bound to break or it's bound to not fit, you know, you, yep. It has to be your frame has to be purpose built for whatever it is you're trying to fit in there, and so I became a lot more flexible. Well, I didn't in saying a lot more flexible. I didn't have to give up in any ideals. I just was very open to things, 
And when I was open, I found that I was more receptive. And when I was more receptive, I was able to identify things that I liked about this other person yeah. very quickly. Yeah. You know, because then I was, I was, you know, like you said about traveling, it's like when you plan stuff, you don't, you, you don't see anything. Exactly. Similarly, when you meet people and you yes. go in with and an idea. And you're looking for a person. That's right. And she doesn't look like you thought she would look like. Yeah. Then you look right through her. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Exactly. And I, I, that's how I feel. And that's why finally I feel, I feel good about where I am because the past couple of years I've done a lot of like internal work and over the past five six years i've i've started seeking spirituality a lot more in different ways like text buddhist texts I, I got into maybe 10 15 years ago i went to uh this place in 2008 i started going to this place in culver city which is in la called the agape spiritual agape international spiritual center and it's um it it's basic it's it's they call it multi-dimensional it's not um or excuse me multi-denominational it, it the, the the guy who runs it doesn't talk about Jesus only or Buddha only. He talks about Jesus, Buddha, Allah, everybody, you know, MLK, like everyone. Yeah. And so it was important for me to find something where people believed in something similar, where it just just do good. Yeah. Be a good person. Right. Be open. Be yourself. Be strong if you can be. And right. when you're not, don't judge yourself for it. And so for me, being able to find that was like so eye opening and it just helped me understand who I was a little better. But it also then put me into a position to find someone who was like that, you know, and that's really hard to do because not everyone's open right away, you yeah. know, and not everyone's just like willing to pour their shit out and like dig through it. Yeah. You know, and it can be kind of annoying yeah. when people do that. Yeah. You know, I like meeting people like you guys because you want to talk about real things right away. Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk about the fucking weather. Yeah. Like we'll talk about sports, but yeah. only if it's like legit. Yeah. Like fucking why it feels good. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like we were absolutely. talking last night with like, some of Max buddies and like I wanted to know their the time they cried at a sporting event, you yeah. know, and they both told me like without boom. Yeah, this one, this one. Done. Yeah. I love that shit. I once prayed to <laughs> to change the result. The the. the inevitable re result of a live game i'm not fucking kidding like i i literally it was and that's a sports fan i want to talk to yeah. you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah it was right <laughs> all right yeah but but when it comes to dating i finally feel like i'm at a place where i'm not worried about who she is what she looks like i you know there are boxes you're gonna tick like i want and they're pretty fucking reasonable i want to be attracted to her i mean because that's important of course. i want her to be self-aware uh, I want her to be funny, mm -hmm. and I want her to have a kind heart. Yeah, like is that too much to ask? I don't think so. I don't think you so. know, but it's hard because it's not just about those things. It's about what she thinks of you and what you're like together. Mm -hmm. And I was actually talking to Max's sister yesterday, and she was referring. We were talking about relationships, and she said she heard a thing recently where um, it's there's three people in a relationship: you, that person, and the relationship itself. And you have to treat that relationship itself like a different entity, and you need to nurture it and work on it and acknowledge it and that's a good thought and I'm that's a great thought i'm willing to do that that's a great thought because you don't blame the issues of your relationship on the person exactly because generally it's not that because they were fine before they met yeah, you exactly you know I mean? exactly and that's that's <laughs> that's that's the that's the part that i feel good about myself yeah. and i met a girl recently and i'm not going to get into details but sure. i met a girl recently who really I was just really drawn to and really uh, she just kind of blew me away and yeah. I blew her away and it was yeah. like, holy shit, this is cool. And she's, she's those things that I mentioned uh, and more, you know, and I'm just like, wow, like you're just a fucking awesome person. I just want to hang out with you. Yep. And yeah, there's like romantic interest and sexual interest and those things. 
but it was just different, you know? Like, it was like, you know, you see, it was like I'm, I can potentially see my best friend sitting across from me. Interesting. And that's what I'm looking for. Like, somebody who we can kick it and, like, do all the boring shit and still enjoy it. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. You yeah, might hate me for that's this. That's fine. Go ahead. W- w- when we were having dinner, um, y- you mentioned the story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you said that, you know, this is what I was looking for, and I think I found it in this person, right? Mm-hmm. And then you spoke about how you guys had to come to terms with the idea that you may leave. Yeah. Right? And yeah. this person's is, you know, I'm, I'm assuming they're not at a stage where they're willing to leave. Is it is it fair to say then that love is not the thing that you're looking for because your desire to up and go is greater than you finding the right person? That's a great question. Uh, yeah, circumstances with her, yeah, it's, it's tough. You meet someone yeah. when you're traveling. Right. My tickets are booked. Right. But the other thing is we met, you know, a week and a half ago. Sure. So let's be realistic. Yeah. As much as I'm a romantic person, my emotions are not my guide. Right. You know what I mean? When I get emotional, I don't make decisions on them. Right. That's a bad idea. Sure. You get emotional, let it pass. From experience, that's a bad idea. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel really confident in that. So with her, our emotions were like, fucking through the roof when we went out on our first date they were just like oh my god like you're just fucking awesome i just mm. want to hang out with you and then when uh, like we hung out a couple times this past weekend and it was different she kind of pulled back a little bit mm. understandably she's scared yeah she meets a, somebody who thinks she she thinks is pretty awesome mm. but he's leaving right. and this is unexpected and oh, holy shit now what do i deal how do i deal with this and then of course then i go through the same thing you know yeah. so it's just this back and forth but we met a week and a half ago like we're not i'm not gonna let myself pretend like okay we're gonna get married next week but the questions that i ask her are i don't want to marry you tomorrow i don't want to be your fucking boyfriend right now but i want to just see if there's something there and so we had the conversation briefly about you know i'm leaving on tuesday i'm gonna go travel for a while I'm like, you should just sell your shit and come with me, mm. <laughs> right? Of course. Yeah, of course you said I that. was a little drunk, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's, come with me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just come on. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, and she said, well, it's not out of the realm of possibility uh, because of her circumstances, again, which I'm not going to get into the sure. specifics. But, n- you know, I was like, okay, cool. And I wasn't like, oh, my God, she's going to do it. It was, okay, cool. That's, that's all I needed to hear. Eh, maybe. <laughs> right? Sure. And yeah. then she said, well, why don't you come back to Melbourne when you're done? And I was like, well, that's... That's that's a possibility. That's a possibility. I have friends here. I could probably figure it out, you know. So maybe. But okay. again, let's just have those conversations as we go. You know, I'm not crazy. I'm not 15. I'm not in love. Right. You know. But I'm. I found someone who I really, I really would just want to see if it can work out. That's interesting. I leave it at there because it it is interesting because there's this angles you can p- mm. pick at this mm-hmm. from. And Vakar, you and I were talking about this in Sydney, if you do, if you remember, about how whether it's important to be there with the person when you when you when you are exploring the possibility of love. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. So, uh, I, um, yeah. So, uh, I want to hand it over to Vakar because Vakar, you've obviously you know moving on from the subject of love for now. Um, I want you to maybe talk about stuff you've read about Steve that I haven't obviously, mm-hmm. but um, we'd love to hear more about that side of, of, of Steve. Sure. Um, so Steve, uh, you're quite an interesting guy already <laughs> so far. Um, hey, thanks, man. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm hearing so yeah, far. Right it's on. quite interesting. Um, so I checked out your website. It looks yeah. pretty cool. Uh, the, my first introduction to you 
what through Uma was on a guitar pick. Yeah, he passed yeah, me a guitar yeah. pick, <laughs> and it it had your name on it, and on the back it, back it said photographer, mm. musician, and writer. Mm. I was like, this is a really cool brand. Br- this is really cool branding. I haven't seen something like that before. Yeah. So that was my first introduction, and then through that I I checked out your website and. and uh, um, Norm, like I'll be honest with you. R- normally, if I if I if I go on a website and I I start reading something, um, it's it's quite easy for me to get bored. But um, I went on your website and you recently put up an article. I think it's a blog that you do normally. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, uh, about how you quit your job and you and you and you decided to travel the world, yeah. and you sell everything. And I started reading that, and I I honestly couldn't couldn't stop reading. It, it was great. such a good, well written piece, and I really mm-hmm. thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So I guess um. I I'm really interested in that aspect of your life, and I really want to know what was. I know you've already touched on it, but in specific detail, um, what was that one thing that really pushed you, or what was that one thing that made you overcome your fears mm-hmm. of doing it? Because you mentioned in the article that it took you a year and a half mm-hmm. or, or two years. It was a process that you go through, obviously. But was there a one defining moment or thing you said, "Ah, oh, hallelujah!" I know. This is it. I'm going to do it now. Or what was yeah. that one thing that made you overcome that fear of doing it? Yeah, it was definitely a series of events. But, yeah. uh, you know, as you're as you're asking the question directly, I can think about when I got I, I lived in Rome for a month. I lived there for a month, whatever. Spent a month in Rome uh, with some friends in August of 2015. I got back in late August and I realized right away I got, I got to do something. I had gone to Rome to try to maybe move there you know i had friends there maybe i could make it work but when i got there it just didn't feel right, right. you know nothing wrong with rome and my friends are amazing but it just didn't feel right so i got back and was like okay something's got to give and i realized that it wasn't that i wanted to live in rome mm-hmm. or that uh, i hated la I, I love la it was that i just didn't want to live anywhere right and once i determined that i didn't want to have a home it made it well then i'm going to travel mm. That's it. And so it, it was really, I, I couldn't say I had this thought at one point specifically, but I got back on August 23rd and by um, uh, Halloween, so d- uh, October 31st, yep. I had purchased my ticket, oh, wow. around the world ticket. Okay. So it was a month and a half of, okay, this is how it's going to work. And I had to decide how to quit my job. I had decided, I had to talk to the guys in the band and, you know, you have to have a lot of conversations before you can just uproot yourself. Definitely, you can't just do yeah. it on your own, yeah. you know. But that was it, I think. I got there, and I got back to L.A. and said, you know what? I just don't want to have – I don't want to pay any bills. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to pay rent. I yep. don't want to do this shit. I don't want to have a set of keys to a house. Yep. And I don't. You know, I'm rolling around with a keychain, but there's really nothing on it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, so that, that's part – that's it. Yeah, that's, that's – I think it takes a lot of effort to to pull off something like that and and actually take that step. Yeah. But how liberating is it since you've taken that step? Like, what is that feeling of? I I, I can't even explain it. I can just imagine it. And I don't know if maybe I could go back in time and if I wasn't married and if I had those circumstances, I would have loved to do that. But I don't know. I might have been scared or something like that. You would have been scared. If you're not, you're fucking crazy. Yeah. Because, like, I'm terrified. Yeah. But I don't let the fear beat me. Yeah. And so making that step, like, when I realize, you think about it a lot, what it's going to be like. And people ask you all these fucking questions as you go through. I got asked the same question a thousand fucking times. And I had to think about it a thousand times. Plus, I was thinking about it anyway. And when I left my job, like, 11 and a half years Waking up Monday through Friday and going to a desk, mm. working and going home. That's a long time. I'm only 36. I've been doing that shit almost 12 years. 
I got home from work the day that I left and it was an emotional day. I knew a lot of those po- folks really well. And so I tears were shed and mm-hmm. hugs all around. Yep. And but I knew every single step of the way that this was the right thing to do. I never questioned it. Rather, let me rephrase. I questioned the shit out of it. But the answer was always yes. Yes. Yeah. You know? And so I said goodbye and I left and I, I was tearful and I walked out of the building and I got into my car and I drove out of that driveway and like stuck my arm out the window. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was like <laughs> breakfast club. Exactly. It was like <laughs> breakfast club. And it amazing. just felt right. And then I got home that day and I, and I moved out of my apartment that weekend and it just felt right. And it was sad. That apartment, I had a lot of times. Mm-hmm. I had I suffered uh, two strokes a couple of years ago. Right. And I came home to that apartment. That was my haven, you know. Uh, man, that's that's hard. That's a huge part oh of my, my life. God, yeah. And that was gone. Um, but it was right. I stayed with my buddies uh, who were kind enough to put me up in L.A. for a couple of weeks. And then we had a going away party the night before I flew back to Massachusetts. And... I said goodbye to everyone and it was really difficult because they all left like at random times in the night. So I had to say goodbye every 15 minutes and I'm like, (laughs) and then, but it felt right. It was the right thing to do. And never once did I say, what am I doing? Oh fuck. What am I doing? It was always, this is the right thing. It feels uncomfortable, but it's right. And I got on the plane in Boston to fly to Hong Kong for my layover to go to Japan. And it was, I had a moment of fear. Uh, Every time I get on a plane, I think to myself and not a morbid thought, but I go, Oh, I could die. This plane could go down and I could die. And I'm never, I don't care. Like, okay, what a way to go, you know? But I had that same feeling when I went to Hong Kong and it got a little deeper. It was more than that. And I felt, I was like, well, this doesn't feel good. Like this feels really uncomfortable right now. And I just let it pass. I acknowledged it and let it pass. And then by the time I landed in Hong Kong, I was good. I don't know why. I don't know what it is, but I just keep going and it feels right. Even when it feels like shit. Oh, that's that's amazing, and it takes a lot of courage to do that. Um, I'll touch on the stroke bit uh, a little later, but since mm-hmm. we're talking about tra- the travel bit, um, what's the plan now? So, how many countries have you been to already? And you're you're in Australia now, and what are you what are you planning to achieve out of these travels that you're doing and meeting new people? What, what what's the purpose behind it? Is it just um, to feel liberated and just to meet new people and experience new ideas, or are you actually looking for something? Other than love and just, yeah, just yeah. meaning, like, is there something that something that you are in search of apart from love and just meeting new people? Or uh, I don't know how to phrase it no, properly. I know, I, know what, I know what you mean. It's, yeah. a, it's a great question because it's huge. Yeah. Um, well, I can, the first I can say, I, so I've, I've been to Japan. I went to Japan first after right. I was back in Massachusetts visiting my family. I went to Japan. That was fantastic. Uh, went down, came down to uh, Melbourne. Excuse me. And then went to Wellington for a little while to visit a friend there. Mm -hmm. Back in Melbourne now, I'm leaving uh, to go to Singapore next. And I'll be in Singapore for a little while. I'm going to do a little traveling through Southeast Asia. That's where I really want to dive deep and get away from the cities. You know, I've been to a lot of cities. And at the end of the day, they're all the same. Hmm. Except the public transport's better or worse in different places kind of thing. Um, At the airport. Apparently, there's a gigantic plane like four <laughs> feet over the house right now. Trust me. I can't hear it through the okay, headphones, perfect. so it's pretty good. But, but uh, th- So I'm going to be going to Southeast Asia for basically the month of March. And then in Europe, uh, excuse me, in April, I'll go to Europe and s- cruise around there. I have friends over there. Right. Uh, and I'm doing my best to not pay for lodging. So I'm basically okay, going yep. to where people, where I know people, yep, yep. which is cool and whatever. It's as long as it works out. Yeah. As long as it works out. But why? Um why to feel to find a purpose for myself so that i can give 
more to the world and right. hopefully help people, you know, in some capacity. Uh, I think I'm pretty good at some things. Um, I just don't know how to like make it worth living for. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or to earn a living? Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to make a million dollars. I mean, I'll take it, but I don't care. I just want to earn right. enough money to support myself mm-hmm. and hopefully a family someday. Um, but I would love to give back. I feel like I've taken a lot from this world. I really want to give a lot back. And, you know, Umar mentioned earlier just the the idea of cultural differences, like coming from the States. Like I am, quote unquote, the man. I'm 36 years old. I'm 18 to 36, 18 to 35. <laughs> uh, Pushing it. <laughs> white American. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep, like yep. I my passport is a key to the world. I can yep. go anywhere I want. Uh, I, I have a lot of privilege. I'm aware of that. So I want to give that back. And we briefly spoke at dinner about uh, how sometimes your purpose isn't you, you know, and I don't believe my purpose is me. I believe it's other people in what way I have no idea. And I can't wait to find out. You're still in the process (laughs) of figuring it out. Yeah. And I would love to figure that out sooner than later so I can get working. Right. But in the meantime, I'm going to do the things, write this story, write the essays, write the music, take the photos and meet people and talk to people um, in the meantime, you know. Oh, that's that's amazing. That's pretty cool. Did you want to add? Hi guys. So my name's Kamran, and um, I met you briefly before you went to New Zealand. Yeah, really inspired by what you Thanks, do. Man. And yeah. I sort of, I mean, coming from the cultural background that we have, like as I was speaking to Mac, that you know, yeah, we we take. I'm going to be very crude, and you can edit this afterwards. But literally, I hold my cock in my hand, but it's my parents who hold my balls. Yeah, and they have that control. And <laughs> oh. and 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 um. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I'm brown. I look like any other Pakistani guy, but I, th- I think I've studied arts, I've studied fashion, and a lot of that goes in my mind is very different to what happens in everyone else's mind. I moved out when I was 19, um, moved to Sydney, and that was literally a spontaneous trip. Well, I mean, I got a job offer. I moved within the week- over the weekend. I didn't even let it sink into my mom's mind that, you know, I'm moving to Sydney. But now it's been five years that I've moved back home, mm-hmm. and now I'm seeking a reason and every time I like I've been harping about moving overseas for two years now and every time I think of it I always have these butts yeah. and all these guys have drilled it into my head that if you got to do it you just got to do it but every time they say why don't you do it I have 10 other random reasons that they don't buy so right. if I want to do it what advice or what sort of question list you would give or checklist yeah. that I should think that would make me come to a decision like, okay this is the right thing for me to do Oh, this well, is not. great question. The first thing is, is that those are not reasons; they're excuses, mm. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. I've got that before. You know they are. Yeah, like you know, you formulate them yep. because you're afraid, and that's mm. okay. I think the first thing you gotta do is admit that it's fucking terrifying, mm. right? You're afraid. That's cool. We're all scared. I'm scared. I was scared to do it. I'm still scared, but okay. I yep. again, like I said, I don't let the fear win, mm. right? I get up every day and live my life. And if one day that doesn't happen, so be it. Hmm. So the questions I would ask, and I did detail this in the piece that um, we were talking about earlier, but I, I, I generally, it's hard, I can't remember them. I just wrote the thing. But um, ask yourself what you want to do and then think of every reason not to do it and then determine whether that's based in fear. Like not survival fear, like, okay, like there's a bear over there. I'm going to go the other way as fast as I fucking can. That's good fear. Yep. Bad fear is when you say, oh, well, you know, I have no reason not to go, yep. but I'm not going to go. Right. But how do you separate your fears from your responsibilities? 
things that maybe th- those responsibilities could be responsibilities if you taken you have taken mm-hmm. them on board yourself. Yeah, of course. I. Your parents or well, the parents financial thing, commitment. I don't know. Financial yeah. commitment. It depends on what they are. You okay. know, I had yeah. none. I mean, I was I yeah. lived in L.A. alone mm. in an apartment by myself where I was month to month. I could yeah. leave anytime I wanted. Okay. I was at a job that I could end anytime I wanted because okay. it was up to me or yeah. them. I beat them to it. Mm. Uh, I didn't have a girlfriend, you know, I was single, yeah. so uh, I had no real financial obligations. Okay, um, and parents? My parents are, you know, Western parents. Yeah. They, yeah. Anything I want to do, they'll support as long as it doesn't hurt me or anybody else. Okay. So yeah. that's the difficult thing. And culturally, I don't have any experience with that. Fair enough. Yeah. And I imagine that's probably what all your excuses come down to. Yeah. Is your folks now? Yeah. Your folks live here. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. And they don't ever want you to leave. Are you like the only child? Or? No, no. I'm one of five. What but the? they would not want any one of them to leave. I think. Yeah. I think. You know. I would say, talk to them about it honestly and openly, mm. and tell them what you want to do. And even if you don't know what it is you want to do, because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. But even if you don't know what it is or what the purpose is or what the end result should look like, mm. talk to them about how you feel now, and that you feel stifled if you do, and that you don't feel confident in who you are until you do this thing mm. and you're not going to become you know i don't know somebody who you want to be if you yeah. can't do it yeah. and if they care about you which they do i'm sure i don't know i don't even know you but i don't know them yeah i'm sure they love you yeah hopefully they'll listen and they'll hear you okay. and then they'll take it it's it's hard i mean i yeah. didn't have to deal with that it was a huge deal for me i'm yeah. so lucky because yeah. the support i had was resounding mm. I, I don't know. I mean, okay. So moving on from that, yeah. what about your ambitions? Like, did you put your mm-hmm. ambitions on hold, or you made this trip this part is, of your? This was this okay. That's that, awesome. Yeah, my ambitions. Like, w- the band had done its thing, and we mm-hmm. knew that like our we had hit our peak. Yeah, you know, as an instrumental band, like we we did it. You know, unless we quit our jobs, and none of us were going to do. Well, I mean, I did, but nobody else was going to do that for the band. It's just not. We're all adults. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so like, yeah. so one of the guys has a kid. The other guy's married. Like, yeah. it's not how we're going to roll. So for me, this is the ambition. I put, I, I mean, if you want to put find a point on it, I mean, I bet everything on this, and everything meaning what? I've lost nothing. Yeah. I can all, I can go home to Boston where my family lives. Yeah. I can go home to L.A. where my friends are. I can go home to Melbourne where I have friends. Mm. I mean, Absolutely. I have not paid for a place to stay in a month here. That's amazing. Right? That's because we're Asians. It is, and it we is. put up with white people. That's because <laughs> we just think that. And you that's know, yeah. very well said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like you know, so what am I? What am I losing out on? There's a yeah. book that I love called Zen Guitar. Uh, it's by a guy named Philip Toshio Sudo, and he's a Japanese descendant, but he's a Hawaiian guy. He's he's passed away subsequently, but he wrote this book called Zen Guitar. It's beautiful. It's about, uh, it's basically about life, but through the guitar. Right. Okay. As a guitar player, obviously yeah. it's nice. But I gave it to my dad, who doesn't know anything about guitar. I loved it. Okay. But he leads each chapter with a quote from a famous musician, and there's a, uh, I'll paraphrase, but Frank Zappa was being interviewed and the interviewer was like, you ever feel like you're missing out on anything? He's like, what, like fucking paragliding or like going scuba diving? Like, fuck that. I'm in my studio writing music. Like, that's the fucking point, you know? Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm not missing anything. Yeah. So that, like mentioned, yeah. ref- Mac referenced the term FOMO the other day yeah. or this morning or whatever time of day it is. Yeah. <laughs> I had never heard that before, like a month ago. Yeah. And take it from Frank Zappa that no, you're not missing anything. That's it. You know what? You create your own world. You create exactly. your own history. You create your own future. So absolutely. That's, so that's if fantastic. you're focused yeah. on f- progression and becoming someone greater than who you are today, mm. then just make that your ambition. Yeah. And who knows what it's going to look like. I, I have no idea. That's fantastic. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, appreciate for sure. Thank it. you. Yeah. I appreciate that's it. Oh, good. So you just finished listening to part one of our conversation with Steve. And if you liked what you've heard so far, subscribe, rate, and like us on iTunes. 
and go ahead and listen to part two as well, which is up on iTunes.